When you hit the jackpot, when you bet on yourself, it does something to you. It changes your whole ecosystem. It changes the way you think about things. It changes your subconscious mind and it changes your programming and it changes your beliefs without you even realizing it. But you don't get that shift in belief and you don't get that transformation of the subconscious mind if you don't actually take the bet and take the risk. What if today was the day that you dared yourself to do what you've always wanted? Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. I'm your host, Jen Gottlieb, and together we're going to step outside of our comfort zones and into our best lives one dare at a time. So come on, I dare you to dive right on in. Hello, fam. Hello. Welcome back to the I Dare You podcast. It's me, Jen, coming to you from the closet yet again. I just rhymed and I didn't even mean to. I've probably done that a couple of times now and I'm still entertaining myself completely with that. Okay, anyways, I'm really, really stoked about this one uh, because I want to ask you a really, really important question. When was the last time that you bet on yourself? Like really, truly bet on yourself. And I, and I mean financially, energetically, Mostly financially, though, like when was the last time you put money on the table for you and you believed in yourself enough to bet on yourself? And, you know, betting on yourself could mean financially, but also like betting on yourself that you might get embarrassed, betting on yourself that you might fail, betting on yourself that you might crash and burn, betting on yourself that you might get rejected or make a fool of yourself. When was the last time that you believed in yourself so much? that you made a bet. And I was sitting talking to Liz, my chief of staff this morning, and we were talking about this topic. And we were talking about, man, like the things that we've done this year that have moved the needle the most and the things that I've done in my life that have moved the needle the most. And it, it's funny because I the, the lessons repeat themselves all the time, like different levels, different devils, right? So the first time that I bet on myself taught me a lesson that I needed to learn in order to bring that same betting on myself mentality into my life now. And so I wanted to tell you this story of the first time that I made a huge bet on myself and it paid off. Now, I will be telling you lots of stories of times where I bet on myself and I didn't win the bet. I lost the bet. But in fact, you know, in the end, I ended up winning some sort of bet because if you've been listening to my podcast at all, you know that I am a true believer in rejection is just redirection. And for every no, there is a yes. But when you hit the jackpot, when you bet on yourself, it does something to you. It changes your whole ecosystem. It changes the way you think about things. It changes your subconscious mind and it changes your programming and it changes your beliefs without you even realizing it. But you don't get that shift in belief and you don't get that transformation of the subconscious mind if you don't actually take the bet and take the risk. So I was reminded of the first time that I really, really bet on myself and proved this to be true. And since this time, I always, I always think back to this time. This is like my, my anchor thought. Whenever I'm scared to bet on myself in any situation, whether that be financially or in a risky situation where I might make a fool out of myself or I might fail or I might get rejected, I'm always bringing myself back to this one time where I took this massive bet and it paid off insanely much, insanely much doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it, it, it paid back an insane amount that's still the gift that keeps on giving back. And it's, it's really how I, I got my five-year stint on VH1, which 
you know, we, we've talked about this and me being on that show. So if you're just picking up this podcast for the first time and you're just learning about me for the first time, I was on a TV show on VH1 for five years, all about heavy metal and rock and roll music. And while it was a, a version of myself that couldn't have been further from who I really was playing this character of this person that loved heavy metal music, it was an amazing job. And it was an amazing chapter in my life that really provided so many beautiful gifts where in the moment, some of those gifts, I didn't think were gifts. I thought they were, you know, horrible uh, at the time. But now I look backwards and I realize how they were such gifts because they provided so much growth, so many relationships that I needed, so much, so many insights that I needed to learn in that specific way at that specific time. Um, but most importantly, like, you know, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And when I connect the dots looking backwards, I wouldn't be sitting here right now in this closet talking to you, teaching you this if I didn't have those five years on VH1 on that heavy metal show. Now, the biggest bet I ever took on myself was essentially the bet that got me this show. Now, if you have not listened to my episode all about how Britney Spears helped me get my job on VH1, go back and listen to that episode. It's one of the first episodes on the podcast. And that was how I got the job on VH1 to begin with. So I'm going to pick up right after I got the job on VH1 and tell you this story of how a very, very specific bet I made on myself changed my entire life and how I almost didn't bet on myself. I almost didn't I, I almost wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't take this risk and bet on myself financially, energetically, spiritually, emotionally, and in all the ways you can bet on yourself. So I got this job on this heavy metal show when I was an actress back in the day, and I was very excited about it. And I did my first season in New York City. There was a small studio in Midtown, and I would go there. And my job was to be the prize girl on this heavy metal talk show called That Metal Show. And that metal show was hosted by three heavy metal experts. And two of them were comedians. And one of them was just like a really hardcore heavy metal expert. His name was Eddie Trunk. And then Don Jameson and Jim Florentine were the comedians, the other comedians that hosted the show. And I was initially cast to be the hot chick, kind of like the Vanna White of the show. And my title on the show was Miss box of junk. So every time they did this one segment on the show where the live studio audience would ask Eddie Trunk a question and try to stump him, try to get him to get the question wrong. Every time they would stump him, I would come out and I would bring out this box and they would get to stick their hand in my box and pull out a prize. And that was my job. That was it. And at that time I was getting paid like I don't know, $300 an episode to do this. I would show up at this little studio in Midtown. I would do my little job where I brought out the box and the person won the prize, stuck their hand in my box. I know, super degrading, but I was happy to have a job. Pull out the prize and I would walk off and that was it. That was my whole job. I didn't say anything. I was not SAG. I was not anything. I was just basically like a glorified extra, okay? Or what what they would like to call yeah, I, I think I was a, basically a glorified extra or like an under five. Like I had under five lines, they would call that in the acting world. So after I did that first season, I was like, okay, great. That was a job. I was on cable. It was amazing. Hopefully next time I'll have a bigger part. Maybe if I did a good enough job being the greatest miss, miss box of junk ever on the history of the planet. And I get a call after season one had ended and the producers tell me that they are moving the show to LA. They're moving the show to, to Los Angeles and I can either go and pay my own way, I would have to pay for my flight, I'd have to pay for my hotel and just get myself there and be there for 10 days. Or they were going to hire somebody in LA. So basically, they were telling me I could have the job, I could go be Miss Box of Junk again on another season, but they weren't going to pay for me to go. 
they were just because they didn't need to at the end of the day they could have hired some other girl in la because i was replaceable at that point in time i had only done one season i didn't have that big of a role on the show they could just go find another hot chick in la to be miss box of junk they didn't have to pay for me to fly out there and get me a hotel that would be dumb of them and i kind of agree so here's the thing i had two options i could either stay home in New York and not go and keep auditioning and maybe get an even better gig and be in the city. And the more that you're in the city, the more opportunities you have as an actor. Or I could somehow conjure up the money to get a plane ticket to LA and somehow conjure up the money to be able to get a hotel room in Los Angeles because I knew nobody there. There wasn't like I had a friend there that I could call up and stay at their house. And I had no money. I was an actor and I was making like, I made like $300 an episode, as I mentioned, for that first season. And I was struggling. I was waiting tables. I didn't have the money. So everybody in my life that I asked if I should do this, they all said, well, it's kind of dumb because you would end up spending more money than you would make. It's not a smart investment in yourself. It's actually quite stupid. I can either stay in New York and have a chance at making a lot more money and getting a better job, which is better than Miss Box of Junk, right? Being the prize girl. Or I could spend more money than I could possibly make and go to LA and be part of this show and continue to, to you know, see if possibly something could come of it. But I got this feeling in my gut that just told me I needed to go. It was screaming at me. It was like, have you ever had a whisper and in the back of your mind? And Oprah says this a lot. She talks about the whisper. And if you don't listen to the whisper, it turns into a scream and it gets louder and louder and louder. And the whisper was just whispering. You have to be part of the show. You have to go. You have to figure out a way to go. This is just the beginning. You need to go. Because I knew that if I went and I showed up and I put the work in and I got there, that there was opportunity for me to turn this into something better. Everyone in my life told me, no, it's stupid. Don't do it. Stay back. There's another audition happening at that same time. You could have the potential to be getting another job that's even better. I didn't, I, there was something in me that said I needed to go. So what did I do? I asked for help. I asked for help. I called my mom and I said, mom, I need to go to LA. I need to be there. I don't know why. I just know that I need to. Will you please lend me the money and maybe even go with me, come with me to LA. We'll, we'll take a girl's trip and, and stay, help, lend me the money to stay at a hotel and get the flights and help me get to LA this one time. And I promise I'll pay you back. I promise, I promise, I promise. So I begged my mom and I asked her, and it was really hard for me to ask her for help. I don't like asking people for help. I don't like asking my parents for help. It wasn't fun, but my mom agreed. And so my mom and I uh, packed up our stuff and we flew like Southwest to, um, to LA. And we stayed at like a, like it was, it was like a motel, like a motel eight or a motel six or one of those really janky shitty hotels because we just didn't have the money for 10 days to stay at a really beautiful hotel. And so we were trying to make this trip as financially smart, I guess you would say as humanly possible. So we arrive, we unpack and I'm like, Oh, I really hope I'm not embarrassing myself. I really hope that I'm right in this. And I really hope I didn't make my mom come all the way out to LA and spend all this money for nothing. And so I'm crossing my fingers and I'm hoping and I'm praying and I'm just believing. And I get the call sheet and it says that we will be filming at Sony Universal Studios. So the moment that I arrive, we get in a car and we drive and we arrive at 
literally the Sony lot, Sony Universal Studios, where all of the biggest movies were filmed. We go through this lot and it's like on the right, the new Batman movie is filming. There's Christian Bale. I, I see him out my window of my car. And then on your left, the Shark Tank cast is there and they're filming Shark Tank right next door. And then I walk into this huge, beautiful soundstage and I literally felt like a movie star. It was unbelievable. I was like, holy crap. So right when I walk in, the producer comes up to me and he says, Jen, we're so excited you're here. Guess what? The show isn't going to be a half an hour anymore. We're going to change it and it's going to be an hour. And that means we're going to give you a bigger part on the show. Whoa. Okay. So they gave me this whole other segment where I got to actually have lines and say more stuff. And because of that, I went from being an under five to being a principal on the show. And because I was suddenly a principal on an hour long show, they had to make me sag aftra Whoa. Now, if those of you who have no idea what SAG-AFTRA is, it's the Screen Actors Guild, and it is something that every actor just strives to get their entire career. And I was working so hard to try to get my SAG membership, my SAG card. It was the only thing that I wanted because once you had your SAG card, you could start to audition for SAG movies and SAG shows, and you're protected by the union. But it's very hard to get your SAG card because it's like a catch-22. You have to. There's all these rules. You have to be part of a SAG production in order to get it, but it's very hard to get a SAG production unless you have your SAG card. It's just really tough. So the moment I get there, I'm having this experience at Sony Universal Studios. I get my SAG card. And because I get my SAG card and they make the show an hour and I have more lines and I have a bigger part, they're forced under the union to pay me a hell of a lot more money. So my little $300 an episode skyrocketed. It like it more than quintupled. I'm telling you, if that's even a word, I ended up making all of the money that I, my mom spent on the entire trip in one episode and I could pay her back in one episode. We filmed 10 episodes. It was unbelievable. And because of that, because I showed up for that second season and I crushed it and I knocked it out of the park and I showed them that I was all in, that I wanted to be part of this show. From then on out, they flew me to LA for all of the rest of the seasons, put me up in a beautiful hotel, rented me a car, treated me like a queen, gave me my own web series. And it turned into a really, really incredible experience from then on out. And it was because I bet on myself. It was because I believed a little bit more than I didn't that if I just showed up, I would be able to make make that experience work for me. I would be able to make that opportunity work for me. And it was, yes, a little bit of luck, a little bit of the universe working in my favor, but a lot of it was by showing up and showing them that I was serious about it, showing them that I was willing to invest and bet on the fact that like I bet on that show and I believed in it and I wanted to be part of it enough that I flew myself out there and I put myself up and that showed them a lot. But it also showed the universe that I was willing to bet on myself. And I believe that the universe rewards people that bet on themselves. You attract what you are. You attract the, the frequency of which you're vibrating at. And I was vibrating at a frequency of abundance. Like I got plenty of money. I'm going to ask my mom. We've got it. We're going. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it happen. I had a positive mindset. And because of that, more positive things happened to me as a result. And so from that, that experience, now I, I, I pull from that experience all the time. And, and I really encourage you to think about experiences in your life like that one, where maybe you bet on yourself or you you took yourself outside of your comfort zone, you did something a little bit crazy and it provided an amazing opportunity or it made something really great happen or you did something that you didn't want to do or you had a conversation you didn't want to have or you got rejected and you turned it around or a, a badass moment in your life where you really crushed it when you did something you didn't think you could do. Pull from those experiences because those experiences are the ones that 
teach you and prove to you and remind you that you have what it takes to then conquer the next challenge that comes in your life that is similar to that one. Because really, all of these challenges are just different forms of the same thing. So when I have different, different obstacles in my life now, where I'm forced to make a decision on if I want to bet on myself or not, I'm always reminded that when I bet on myself, something good always happens. So that's my story for you today about truly betting on yourself. And if you're scared shitless to do something, it means that you're headed in the right direction. And I highly recommend that you take a bet on yourself and you go towards that feeling like you want to puke feeling. I know for certain that every time I feel so scared that I feel like I want to puke and I don't know if it's the right decision and everybody's telling me not to do that thing, that there's probably something there. There's probably something great there. Now, I'm not telling you to do things that are absolutely ridiculously stupid, all right? But I am telling you to follow your heart and follow your gut. And if you're scared to do something, it probably means that it's something that you need to lean into, whether you need to learn something from that situation or there's actually an amazing opportunity on the other side. I highly recommend that in business or in you know building your personal brand or in your relationships, you gotta take risks and you gotta bet on yourself sometimes. You have to believe that you have what it takes and you have, if you're not betting on yourself, then what do you even have to bet on? The one person that you can always count on is you. And the one person that I, was, uh, that I would always bet on is me because I can control how I show up. I can't necessarily can control what happens to me. Like I couldn't control if I showed up there and, and we were at a janky studio and it stayed as a half hour show and they didn't give me the lines, but I could control the fact that I showed up and I could control that I had a great attitude and that I was grateful for everything. And I bet you anything that an opportunity still would have presented itself from me showing up, even if all of those magical things didn't happen. I, they probably would still have cast me officially as the official girl and flown me out after that every single time. I would bet because I showed them that I was in, that I was all in. So I'm asking you today, your dare of the day is to bet on you. Is there something that maybe you are hesitating on investing in or time, not even just money, investing time in, investing energy into, investing um, emotional resources into? Is there something that you are hesitating on that you know that you should be doing that you can bet on yourself on? What if you took a bet? What if you put $100 on, on you? What if you put $1,000 on you? What if you put the risk of being rejected on you? doesn't even have to be financial. It doesn't have to be money. What if you bet on yourself today? Is there something, one thing that you can say, you know what? I bet on me. I bet I can do it. And you put that accountability behind your goal or whatever it is that you want or whatever it is that you, you have this feeling and this calling that you need to be doing. I dare you to do that. I dare you to do that. I dare you to share this episode. I dare you to share it on social media, text it to a friend. And I'm so unbelievably grateful that you joined me today for the I Dare You podcast. I love you so much and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the I Dare You podcast. I'm so grateful you chose to spend this time with me, but I'm even more grateful for your future self that you are building one dare at a time. So my first dare for you is to subscribe to the show and then share it with a friend who you think needs to step a little bit more outside their comfort zone and into their best lives. They'll thank you for it. I'll see you next time on the I Dare You podcast.